Song and Story will officially launch on Tuesday, April 10th. As for subsequent episodes, I've settled on a unique release schedule. I'm not really releasing episodes in seasons or on the same day of the week, every week or every two weeks. Rather, a new episode of Song and Story will be released throughout the entire year on the 10th, 20th, and 30th of every month. It's easy to remember. If the date ends with a zero, there's a new episode. That said, I just want to give you a little context and talk about what I hope to accomplish and why. The best way for me to do this is to tell you as briefly as possible who I am. But before I get into that, whenever you hear this sound, that's my daughter. She's three years old. She's adorable. She does a killer trumpet announcement sound. Here it is again. Whenever you hear that sound, it means we're on to a new section of this introduction. So, who am I? My name is Kevin Heider. I'm a singer-songwriter, performer, and recording artist from Dayton, Ohio. If you are unfamiliar with my music, I'll simply direct you to my website, kevinheider.com, or you can search my name on iTunes, Spotify, Bandcamp, Pandora, YouTube, etc. to check out my music and videos. That's it. That's all I'm going to say up front, and everything else I go into pertaining to myself or my experiences is meant to help you understand the why, the motivation and inspiration behind creating this podcast. The why. In order to understand where the idea for song and story came from, I need to take you back to my middle school days. That's when I became a Counting Crows fan. The very first song on their debut album is called Round Here. It's an amazing song. The song is about a girl named Maria who, like all of us, has hopes and dreams, but is also desperate and broken. And the second verse reads, Maria came from Nashville with a suitcase in her hand. She said she'd like to meet a boy who looks like Elvis. She walks along the edge of where the ocean meets the land, just like she's walking on a wire in the circus. She parks her car outside of my house, takes her clothes off, says she's close to understanding Jesus. She knows she's just a little misunderstood. She has trouble acting normal when she's nervous. I didn't understand that when I was in middle school. And I think that's because I hadn't yet been adequately intellectually challenged enough to be able to really understand or even care enough to dissect idioms, allegories, and metaphors. I just heard she parks her car outside of my house and takes her clothes off as some risque sexual reference that my parents wouldn't want me listening to. But that line being followed by says she's close to understanding Jesus just completely confused me. Wait, what? She takes her clothes off in the car and then randomly starts talking about Jesus? What is going on? That was my thought process, or lack thereof, as a kid. And then, at a certain point, I realized that it's not necessarily literal. If you take that phrase figuratively, Maria isn't literally taking her clothes off in the car. She's making herself naked, as in she's revealing more of herself, as in she's being vulnerable. She's letting this guy know this part of her that she's been thinking about and dealing with, but hasn't told him about yet. 
that she's close to understanding Jesus. Maybe she's close to believing in Jesus. But as the verse continues, we see that she has a hard time expressing herself here. She has a hard time, as so many of us do, being vulnerable. Or, as the lyrics put it, she knows she's just a little misunderstood. She has trouble acting normal when she's nervous. Flash forward six years and two studio albums later, and the Counting Crows release a masterpiece, their 1999 album, This Desert Life. The two biggest hits from the record were Hanging Around and Colorblind, but the best song on the record is track number two. It's a nearly eight-minute-long, adventurous, seemingly random collage of memory and metaphor called Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. It has one of my favorite lines of all time. Right at the minute and 15-second mark, the singer belts, If you've never stared off into the distance, then your life is a shame. I love that. If you've never stared off into the distance, if you've never been lost in thought, if you've never wondered or allowed yourself to transcend with beauty into a realm of mystery, then you haven't yet lived, then you're missing a key component of being human, that humans are explorers, inventors, and creators, and every man-made thing that now exists first began as potential energy in the form of a thought. I could go on and on about that line. But the reason I mention Mrs. Potter's lullaby is for the first line of the second verse, where the singer reveals, There's a piece of Maria in every song that I sing. Wait, what? Maria? There's a piece of Maria in every song that you sing? Which which Maria? The same Maria from the very first song you ever sang on your first record? Being familiar with the Counting Crows' music and hearing a line like that, that makes me reconsider everything. Who is Maria? Who was Maria? Was she his first love? Was she just a friend who made a particularly strong impact on his life? Is Maria even her real name? Is Maria even a person at all? Or is Maria just the personification of an idea, a dream, the band? Is it all just one big metaphor? What does Maria represent? I hear a song about Maria, and I just accept it. I hear a line like, There's a piece of Maria in every song that I sing, and as a fan... I really want to know who Maria is. This is how I think about music. I think about it. I wonder about it. I'm a songwriter. As such, I'm a storyteller. Whether I'm writing about my own story or someone else's, real or imaginary, every song I write has themes and ideas that are meant to be considered and details that are intentional. And whether or not a story always has a moral or a clearly articulated point or conclusion, every story is told to explore something. The first song I ever wrote for my wife, I wrote nine years ago, in September of 2009. She wasn't my wife yet, and she wouldn't even date me at the time. She was just a friend. And even though I wanted to be more to her, I knew that at that time... I had to be just a friend. She was struggling with something, something that I hadn't ever really been through. So even though I didn't quite understand it, 
or feel it the way she did, as a friend, my heart hurt for hers. So I wrote a song called, Oh Maria. Now, my wife's name is Kristen. So when the album came out and friends heard the song, no one really suspected that I had written it for her. But I decided to name her, my wife, the girl in the song, Maria, for two reasons. One, it was an homage to the Counting Crows. And two, Kristen's middle name was Maria. This is a fact, a detail about that song that I don't think I've ever really revealed to many people. So anyone listening to this who knows me, knows my wife, and knows that song will now hear it through a completely different lens. And whenever I'm dancing in the living room with my kids and we've got Mrs. Potter's lullaby blasting through the stereo and I belt out, there's a piece of Maria in every song that I sing. That line means something uniquely true to me because of my wife. She's my Maria. She's the better half of us. And just as there is inevitably a piece of myself in every song that I write, there is inevitably a piece of her in every song that I sing. So getting into the heart of the why, I play a lot of full band shows, but most of the shows I play in any given year are solo. And when it's just me and my guitar on stage, I'm often inclined, due to the more intimate nature of those acoustic shows, to share a little bit about the stories behind my songs, where they came from, what thought process, experience, or work of art inspired them, etc. I never reveal everything. I never strip it of all the mystery. I never pull the veil away completely. But it's been such a common occurrence for me, and it fascinates me every time, that someone comes up to me after a show and says something like, Man, I've listened to your music for years, but hearing some of those stories was so cool. I feel like I want to go back now and listen again more closely. This last happened to me back in December. It was the last show I played in 2017. And when this guy told me that hearing some of the stories behind the songs made him appreciate the music as a whole on a deeper level, I think in that moment, the seed for this podcast was planted. You see, I've been traveling with my music for almost a decade now. And in that time, I've had the privilege of meeting and collaborating with some incredible songwriters. The opportunity to meet an artist I admire and talk with them about their work is something I cherish. Contemplating a song and discussing it, the thought and intent behind it, the stories around and contained within it, is essential to valuing music as art. Using as our example here a song played softly through the ceiling speakers in a grocery store, that distinction between background music and art Maybe that distinction ceases to exist the moment one shopper turns to another and asks, Hey, what do you think this song is about? I've always wondered. We don't just hang paintings or pictures on the walls of our homes at random. We hang pictures of people we love, of places we want to remember or revisit. We hang paintings that move us from artists whose art makes us think and feel more deeply. Art isn't meant to merely entertain. It's meant to engage. 
Art isn't meant to merely be consumed. It's meant to be digested. Art is meant to be considered and then discussed. So how are we going to discuss it here on Song and Story? Well, there are a few guidelines and a particular format that I'm going to follow. The guidelines, in no particular order, there are three. Number one, integrity. In order to maintain the integrity of this endeavor, I don't ever want this podcast to become a mechanism used for marketing or publicity. I will never accept money from artists or the labels, management, or PR firms working on their behalf to feature one of their songs. It doesn't matter how well-known or unknown an artist may be, I am only choosing songs and artists that have legitimately interested me over the years. This will make the conversations and explorations into the creative process so much more interesting and engaging for everyone involved. If a song, an album, or an artist ever gets a bump from this show, that's great. I hope it happens every time. But bumps cannot be bought. Number two, honesty. Often considered the king and queen of taboo topics in polite conversation, neither religion nor politics are off the table here. I'm not interested in having polite conversations about songs. I'm interested in having interesting conversations, honest conversations about songs. My goal with this podcast is to explore what a song can reveal about the human condition in all its glory, tragedy, comedy, error, absurdity, and mystery. To suppose that that could be accomplished without ever discussing God or democracy would be naive. That said, whenever religion or politics comes up, it will be because the song and its associated themes have naturally summoned the categories in the course of conversation. Number three, language. Regarding the use of language that might be considered foul, bad language, swearing, profanity, cuss words, whatever, it is not strictly prohibited. I am not producing a show for children. That said, I have young kids, and I sometimes listen to podcasts when they are present. So, for the sake of such parents, I will let you know at the very beginning of an episode if there will be any language either sung in the song or spoken in conversation. The format. Every episode will begin with a brief introduction, after which the featured song will be played in full. Some of the songs might be older and more well-known, others might be more recent or may even be super obscure, perhaps never officially released and from an artist barely anyone has heard of. I will not conflate good art with popular art when choosing which songs an artist to feature. After we've listened to the song, I'll have a conversation with the artist who wrote it. I'll ask about the story or stories behind the song. I'll poke and prod and ask about specific lines, phrases, themes, metaphors, production decisions, etc. I fully anticipate each conversation veering off onto back roads and tangents, an inevitable result of our subjective experiences with art, though it will always come back around. Having digested and discussed the song, once the conversation has reached its natural conclusion, we'll listen to the song again with fresh ears and a new perspective. 
Then there will be some closing announcements and occasionally a short bonus clip, either a part of the conversation that was left out for whatever reason or a preview of a future episode. In conclusion, I wanted to have several episodes in the bank or in the bag or in the bank bag, whatever the expression may be, prior to officially launching. So I've already recorded about 10 conversations with 10 different artists. And I've been so utterly and pleasantly surprised by all the conversations I've had so far. The unique way in which each artist approaches and participates in the creative process never ceases to amaze me. I've learned a lot, and every conversation so far has made its way to so many unexpected and rewarding places, and I can't wait to start sharing them with you. It launches Tuesday, April 10th. The website is songandstorypodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we've got a Patreon page to help sustain the project. Check that out at patreon.com songandstory. Thank you for listening to this. I look forward to all that is to come here on Song and Story, and I hope you do too. Oh, Maria, I have never been where you are now, but I can see it isn't easy. Just be a good girl. Don't forget to say your prayers at night and everything will be alright in time. You will come to see that you are loved.